Welcome to a couple of Rad Techs podcasts where we bring you an inside look at the world of radiology from the unique perspective of a married couple of radiologic technologists. Together, we have years of experience, exactly 30 years in the field, and we are here to demystify the science of medical imaging. Radiology is the unsung hero of the medical field, providing doctors with crucial images and information that help diagnose and treat illnesses. Join us as we explore the latest techniques, technologies, and innovations in radiology and discover the vital role we play in the healthcare industry. So come along for the ride as we share our passion for radiology as a married couple. Welcome to Let's Chit Chat Wellness and Travel, a podcast for women who are looking to take control of their health and wellness while exploring the world. Each week, we'll be bringing you expert insight tips and stories from women who have successfully balanced their desire for adventure with their commitment to self-care. Whether you're a busy professional, a busy mom, or just someone who wants to live their best life, this podcast is for you. We'll be covering a wide range of topics from nutrition and fitness to mental health and self-care. And we're going to nibble in and dabble in just a little bit of radiology because that fits into our wellness scope. And I've got over 20 years of experience in radiologic technology, so we're going to be bringing you some of that as well. And we're going to take you on a journey to some of the most beautiful and inspiring places on Earth. By the way, my husband and I, we've been able to travel to 21 countries in our 21 years of marriage. And we plan on taking you guys on a trip to so many more. So grab a cup of tea, put on your headphones or your earbuds, whatever you got. Let's chit chat about all things wellness and travel. And again, a little radiology. I'm your host, Chandria Singleton. I can't wait to start this journey with you. Welcome, everyone, to an episode again. This is my favorite, favorite episode during Let's Chit Chat Wellness and Travel, a podcast about health coaching and wellness and travel and all of the other things like that. But we we have our radiology edition today. And we have an amazing guest, Kristen Feinscroft. She is a radiologic technologist for over 11 years. She's a professor for nine years. She has a passion for advocacy and advancing the medical imaging and radiation therapy professions. She's going to talk more about that. But not only that, she's also a certified health education specialist. She has a husband, two kids who are her greatest supporters. You guys are going to hear all about that on this podcast, so stay tuned. Throughout her journey in the profession, and she loves to camp. So we're going to talk a little bit about camping as well, because I love camping. And this podcast is about travel as well, so we're going to dig into that. And she's a fur mom. She has two dogs and one cat. We're going to also learn about the fur kids. So welcome to Let's Chit Chat Travel and Wellness. I am Chandria Singleton. Today's guest is Kristen. Welcome, Kristen, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you. And I know the audience is as well. So we're going to get into it. I know I did a soft introduction of you, but please tell us who you are. Like, who's Kristen? Yeah, so I am a radiologic technologist. I've been certified for about 11 years, and I worked kind of at a smattering of places. I worked at a small private practice heat management. I worked at a big trauma hospital. I worked at a small community hospital. And I have just kind of a, I love trying new things. I love variety. And then about nine years ago, I got the opportunity to start. And that was something I, I kind of knew I wanted to pursue. Even when I was still in school, we had like a project that really kind of opened up my teacher art. And so now I've been a professor and I only kind of moonlight here and there in the field. But a couple of years ago, I went back to school for my master's and I got my the master's of public health which was a really great time to do. I graduated in 2020. 
And that gave me the pathway to become a health educator. So I've done a little bit of health coaching. I've done some kind of practicum experience in that area. And now I've really focused on making sure that I can help people reach their health goals, kind of like on a one-to-one basis or even just kind of freelance. So helping my family or friends kind of understand either a diagnosis or how to manage it. So yeah, and I'm a mom. I have a son turns eight years old in January. And my daughter is five, and they're so much fun and so much work, and it's the best thing and the worst thing it's ever had. And then I'm a huge animal lover, big, big animal lover. So I have two little dogs and a cat, and I'm still trying to convince my husband that a cockatoo is in our future. And it's Oh, wow. A bird. Oh, my goodness. You are living dangerously. My neighbor had two cockatoos and he, I used to just sit in the window and watch him play with them. I mean, it was so cool. They would just hang on to his fingers and he just, I mean, those birds live forever, like a long, long time. Yeah. It's a marriage. It's a yeah. full on marriage. And my husband is not on board yet. Yeah. I've only been 20 years. So in time, he'll, he'll open up a little bit. And- <laughs> Yeah, I, I tell you, it's so good to have you on, on the program because usually we have people in other modalities, but I have yet to have someone who does diagnostic x-ray and also someone that is an educator. So I want to dive into that and then someone as a health coach like me. So I love all health and wellness. So we're going to talk about that as well. But how did you get into the radiology field? That's what I want to know. And I'm sure the audience does too. Uh. So I have a really weird pathway. I was very high achieving in high school, very, very high achieving. And I really burned myself. And so my senior year, I went rebellious. I'm not even going to college. I'm not even going to apply. I didn't even apply. And and I decided I wanted to go to like cosmetology school. Then I got a promotion at work. I was working at a wonderful company called Hot Topic. And it's one of the most formative jobs of my life. It's been an excellent experience. And when I got that promotion, I I just kind of put school on the back burner. So for four years, I just kind of dabbled in community college. And the career counselors said, well, what did you like? And I said, I really loved anatomy and physiology in high school. And they said, oh, you'll be a nursing. I just don't think that's bad. I don't think right for me. But I just kind of took some of those classes, took all of the prerequisites. And then after about three years, I, I kind of said, okay, I got to buckle down. This isn't working. My bartending job wasn't going to last me my whole career. And so I started thinking about the things that mattered to me. And my mom was actually back with breast cancer when I was 16. She was a single mom. And so I and my say brother that, was already out of the house. Say that one more time. Your signal kind of went out. Oh, yeah. So my mom was a single mom. And my brother was already out of the house. So I was really her primary caretaker. So I got to see kind of the ins and outs of her cancer. And with her, she was really lucky that they diagnosed it as DCIS, basically pre-cancer from a mammogram. And, and she's still here today. She's at my house now. And I'm really lucky that I still have her. And, and so I started thinking about, I really wanted to give something back to the field that allowed me to basically keep my mom. So I looked into mammography, found out you had to be an x-ray tech to start off with. So I applied to an x-ray program, finished up all the other prereqs, applied, took me a while to get in and went through the entire program thinking, okay, and at the end I could do mammography. At the end I'll do mammography, fine. And 
I got to the mammography portion. We were able to take it as an elective right at the end. And I realized that that was absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's kind of a bad place for perfectionists. Yeah. And I am an extreme perfectionist. So I'm also very introverted. So it's very intimate. And, and thankfully, I fell in love with x-ray along the way. Because, and I also was really lucky. I went to a program in California where we got to do CT, MRI, cardiac cath lab, and interventional radiology all in the regular program. And then you also had elective opportunities in mammography and in kind of like it, to be an inspector in environmental and occupational. So just so um, people know, I, I want to just jump in there. Just so people know, when you go to school, because I get a lot of people asking questions on my TikTok, on my, my Facebook reels, and my Instagram, like, how do I get started in radiology? What if I just want to do MRI? What if I just want to do this, this, or that? Because you can become an ultrasound tech without going to x-ray school. You can become an MRI tech now without going to x-ray school. There are different pathways you can go. But we're talking about, you know, the the radiology portion, which has many other pathways. When you go for one or the other, you only can do those. You can't go for MRI and then say, oh, now I want to be an X-ray, X-ray tech or a diagnostic tech or do CT. You can only do, or if you go for ultrasound, you can only do that. So that's what we're talking about. If you guys are wondering, like cath lab and those things like that, a pathway from radiology, radiology is just one modality. It is the beginning, the foundation of imaging. And from there, you can create many different pathways to an amazing career in radiology. And, you know, we, we both are here to attest to that, right? You know, so she started out an x-ray and then now she got a chance in school to figure out what do I want to do? These are my options that I have. And that's why I love imaging because we have options. So you're just showing right there, you know, so Absolutely. What is, so we have x-ray and then we have CAT scan or CT. Then we have MRI, magnetic resonance imaging. You have ultrasound. What's IR? I know you said IR and cath lab. Explain to them kind of, I know we don't do that, but just kind of so people know what that is. Feeling like a popsicle in the hospital? Well, ditch the hospital chills. Scrubmates, a base layer designed by a healthcare professional, understands the struggles of staying warm. Keep yourself toasty and your valuables secure with convenient zippered pockets. Support a small female-owned business and try Scrubmates today. You'll get 15% off your order using my code, RADTEX, at checkout. Thanks, Scrubmates, for bringing us this episode of a couple of RADTEX podcasts. Now let's get into the episode. Yeah, so a lot of medical imaging or radiologic technology is diagnostic in that it provides some type of information on which a physician or a provider can choose a treatment. There's not very many modalities where you're actually part of the treatment. Interventional radiology is when we're actually treating diseases. Some of it's diagnostic, but a lot of it is also treatment. So if you have a clog in your artery, a clot or an embolism, then they can go in, not only diagnose it, but they can also do something while they're in there. So it's very therapeutic in that way. That's interventional radiology. Cardiac cath lab is the same thing focused on the So the, the most common place that people, or the most common thing you think of when you think of cath lab is if somebody's having a heart attack, 
they have a clog in one of their arteries. It's the cath lab that actually goes in and breaks up the clot, pulls the clot, puts a balloon in, puts a stent in. And so those areas are pretty high level, have to have a higher level even of CPR. Instead of doing the basic life support, you have to get the advanced cardiac life support, which you patients. And so it's kind of like, I call it like the of radiological technology. Because those jobs are usually reserved for technologists that have been in the field for a long time, that have a lot of really good, meticulous type of detail-oriented. And the the other area, kind of the one of the other areas that's therapeutic in radiology would be radiation therapy. So that the technologists who are actually administering radiation treatments to patients. Yeah. So that's you know, like just like you said, Shantia, but everything about radiology, what I love about it so much, and the thing that still fulfills me after all these years, is I can go into so many different things, really without starting over. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I, that's why I say I can sell it. You know, I could sell my job like a ketchup popsicle to a one. Oh my God. <laughs> because... It's from Tommy Boy. I'm not going to. Oh, and I like no. that. <laughs> I, I want to hear that again because I, I want the audience to make sure they heard it. It was so funny. It was cute. Yeah, I can sell my job like a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. I can convince <laughs> anybody that radiology is right for you because there's just so many different parts. And what I like about it too is I'm fairly introvert. I have learned to kind of be a paid extrovert. And right. at the core of me, I'm really kind of introverted. And with radiology, your interaction patients are fairly short. So yeah. it's good for an introvert. It's good if you have a heart of service and you want to be in healthcare, but maybe you're a little bit squeamish about it. While we still are part of kind of the squeamish areas, it's not as much as some right. of the other health professions. And I just, I, it's also really artistic. So if you're an artist, there is very much an art to what you do. And then it's also really technical. You know, artificial intelligence and technology, all of that is such a huge part of what we do. So it's good for like the mind with the artistic mind and the introvert and the extrovert and don't talk about some of the machines i had a machine that broke down today and we get these errors that come up on these mri machines it has nothing to do with radiation which is what we're taught you know ionizing radiation so your brain operates differently because i still do cat skin so i still deal with radiation but mr is similar but very different in the process of it so it's 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 fun, but it's sometimes like, okay, now there's this era. What is this era? And I'm used to working on a Siemens CT, and this is a Siemens MR, but this era means this. And then you got to go in the gradient room. And, you know, it's, it, it's way more than pushing a button. And I love how you're talking about, you know, all these different avenues, because I did the same thing when I was in school. I rotated through all the modalities. My first year, I got everything done, all my exams done, because I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I had all these options. And I had a nurse, sure. a, a, a nursing student just shadowed me yesterday and he's graduating next semester. He was like, man, you make me want to change and go into radiology school. <laughs> I was like, I love I it. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, it's he, just an interesting field. It is. It is. It is. It is so interesting. And not not to say anything about nursing. I have a family full of nurses. Yeah. yeah. But it, I do pride myself on the fact that I chose a career that many people only know a little bit about that they think we just take pictures of bones or broken bones. 
And when people find out, wow, you guys put in IVs, you guys work directly with doctors. And that's where I want to talk about go to x-ray because we sleep on x-ray. X-ray, diagnostic, radiologic technologists, technologists, I encourage people to never say I'm just an x-ray tech or I just do that. I'm going to tell you. I remember when everybody was flocking to all the other modalities to get all their others and leave an x-ray. I knew x-ray techs that were like, and we're getting paid because nobody is, there's a shortage on diagnostic technology. So they were getting just as much money, if not more than these people who were flooding these other modalities, figuring they were going up. But they really weren't going up in leverages. It's not always, the money is not always the thing. You have to know how to be an expert at what you do and to really enjoy what you do as well. The money will come no matter what in radiology. Of course, some modalities make more money. Pet, you know, pet CT, of course. You know, certain things make more money. But I know people in other modalities with a lot of education, they make less money than I do. You know, yes. and it, 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 that does not equate that you'll make more money. That's, that's what I want to say. So I want to go to x-ray because I loved x-ray when I was in school. I cannot shoot like I used to when I was in school. I won the, the award for a technical you know, technical award, because I really enjoy, oh yeah, I recount if I do something, I really want to know how to do it and I want to do it to the best of my ability. And I I enjoy floral. I enjoy, you know, that's a CT. I love working with the radiologist doing biopsies. I love it in MRI. We do breast MRI, work with the radiologist. I love doing that kind of stuff. I was going to go to school to be a radiology, radiology assistant, but I, it was just too much to have to Get and it was a new lot. And I was like, I don't want to go into something, invest something, and then not be, you know, I don't have a job waiting on me, you know, when I get out. Right. So, and then life happened. So other things came up. But I will say in radiology, you get to work with doctors. So tell us about that because people don't know as imaging professionals, we work really closely with physicians. They rely on ultrasound techs to tell them, hey, this is what this looks like. They rely on x ray technologists to prepare rooms for barium studies, swallows, all kind of stuff, IVPs, every, that you're, we are right in there in the mix and the doctors rely on us. Yeah, so that's one of the things I love about working in diagnostic is the way I, the way I tend to tell it to my students, you are providing a, a picture, not just a physical picture, kind of a metaphorical picture of this patient. And a doctor is going to make a diagnosis on that without ever having to them, seen them, done a clinical exam, put their hands on them, evaluated them at all. And so the only thing that they get is the information that you give them. So I always really kind of hampered down how important it is to get a good patient history. Not just, you know, some of the providers will just say, hey, for reason for exam. Well, the radiologist is going to need to know how the beep, it, what makes it worse, what makes it better, how long has it been there, what area is it? And so what I really enjoyed was kind of learning each radiologist's preferences because there is kind of some individual preferences to it in addition to kind of standardization and being the one that would get a phone call and say, whose initials are hate And that kind of weirdness of like, I know is You know what? I'm just so glad. Like I could tell you worked really hard on this lateral elbow and, you know, the, the prior images were really terrible. And I just want to say thank you. I know it's like that moment of like, I'm either going to get yelled at or I'm going to get afraid. And I liked that. I'm big, big, big. I always want to know there's always something I can do better. And I want to hear it. 
I would much rather hear about it and maybe deal with a little bit of discomfort of maybe not doing my best than not know about it and just keep going. So that's what I loved about radiologists. is I also loved fluoro. Fluoro was an area where people would kind of scurry away. But tell us what fluoro is. Tell us what kind of exams have fluoro. All right. So the way I explain it is if x-ray is a picture, fluoro is a So fluoro is live x-ray in which we are looking at the function. So x-ray gives us really good two-dimensional images of the anatomy and of what's there. But it doesn't always tell us how that anatomy And so fluoro or fluoroscopy is the thing that we can see it working as a so a lot of times we're going to be looking at system fluoro. We look at the genitourinary system. We look at the gastrointestinal system. We look at the vascular system. And so those exams are a lot more hands-on. There's usually contrast, which is kind of like an x-ray tie, like I call it. And what it does is it highlights areas of your body that are normally kind of low contrast, very similar to the structures near it. And so what it does is it allows the GI system to pop out and show up bright white while everything else kind of dims and down. And so it's easier to see things. So those are the exams that you're always going to be working with a provider. So usually a radiologist assistant or a radiologist. And those exams are a little higher stakes. right? So if you're giving medications in those exams, you're preparing sterile trays. And so there is a little bit higher stakes to it. And for that reason, a lot of technologists where I used to work kind of scurry away. And I was, I'm just that person. Like I would never want something to be left for me. So I'm not going to leave anything for me. Right. So I was the one that did IBPs with Tomos and had never done one before in my life. I was the one that was like, okay, Patty, you're the only one who knows how to do it. Can you teach me? Well, everybody else is like, oh. Yeah, I, 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 and I tell you, it's so interesting you say IBPs because do they still do those in x-ray? Do. Okay. They still do them. And it's, it's, so this is something I kind of like to talk about. The Affordable Care Act, one of the results is that there was more people that are insured, more people to serve, and less money in the system. And so what we saw is we had kind of swung this pendulum towards CT. Because CT gives us right. amazing information super fast, right? And so because there was less money in the system, insurance companies were less likely to pay for those things. And so we right. swung back to the good old diagnostic x-ray exams. Interesting. And okay. so, yeah. So I entered my program in 2009. So very short, like right when it was enacted is when I was coming into this. And so we were seeing things like sialograms. Mm-hmm. And IBPs that I vividly remember learning about tomography in school, and my professor saying, "Like, know what it is? Never gonna do it." I showed up, and we had a dual X-ray tomography room where you actually had to detach the tube from the ceiling to hook it onto the tomography arm, mm-hmm. and and then you had to choose your slice thicknesses and your your deep. Like how said how many centimeters deep you wanted and and it was just like oh my god and even we have a brand new GE system in our lab it's tomography capable interesting so, yeah 
Because yeah, they started moving everything to. So IVP is an intravenous pilot, pilot, pilogram. Pilogram. I remember that. Is it basically still in your face? I said, still there? Yeah, it's still there because I enjoy doing them. And I would say this. They allowed me to, when I moved into CT, that's where I got all my experience of putting in IVs. Because you had to know how to put in an IV if you did IVPs because there was not enough technologists to come in. We didn't have IV nurses back when I started. I mean, some places later on where I went, they had IV nurses. But you had to put your own IVs in. You didn't have time because you had IVPs waiting behind the next one, behind the next one. Plus, you had fluoro going on. So you put that IV in, you inject that contrast, snap those pictures. It was the best training of learning how to become efficient. I think IVPs help the technologists to become efficient because you don't have but so much time before that contrast runs on through and you miss it. Exactly. So you cannot yeah, it's lie like again. one minute, three minutes, five minutes. If you miss the blushing of the kidneys, it's done. Like it's just done. And we were doing so, film back then in the developer room. So we're like, please let me not have clipped this bladder. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I actually, I did get a chance to practice on film at two or three of the clinical sites that I rotated through as a student. And I'm so grateful for that experience. because yeah. It's almost, and it's almost abstract to technologists now because they just don't understand like what the process even is. It's a whole different bog. I mean, when I tried to do x-ray on digital I'm so embarrassed to tell you how long it took me to figure out how to open the buggy, Bucky. And when I figured out there was no film in the Bucky or no kind of, because when they went from film to digital, it still was a cassette. Yeah. But now they don't even have that anymore. So it's like built into the, I'm like, how did you turn this thing on? I'm like, I'm just. And you know what? Give me an old machine over a new machine any day because the new machines, there's all, and there's, there's, know safety mechanisms there's right. other things that keep us from making exposure when we shouldn't however if something is one degree if the tube is one degree tilted a lot of them won't shoot oh. if you turn that collimator box it won't shoot and i'm just like i know what i'm doing <laughs> give me my old tachibasaurus and let me shoot <laughs> that is so funny. i'll take an old one with the dials i'll take yeah. the dials any day. I used to have a calculator in my pocket in order to, and then the little, I forget what the thing is called, but it was the metal measuring to see how many centimeters the person was. So you, oh, the caliper. Calibers. Thank you. I still teach with those. I think they're more, most accurate. They are very, exactly. That's what I tell my students, you know, like ADP is pretty much standard for each body part, right? But the mass is all going to be determined. And if you're just guessing, are you really practicing a Lara? Yeah. No. Like you're you're making an educated guess, but that's not truly as low as reasonably achievable. So yeah, the calipers, I always pull them out, especially like the angle on the 18 meters. Oh greater than 18 centimeters. If they're less than 18 centimeters, I'm like, well, how are you gonna know if they're bigger than 18? Right. Yeah, you just guess it. I learned from this lady who taught me KVP. Her name was Carol. We called her Miss Carol. She would take x-rays with no light because when she learned, they didn't have lights on the extra. Oh, my God. And this lady was on it every, she never missed, never, ever missed, ever missed. I mean, her stuff was so pretty and the pictures looked like gold. I went, but let it go. She's like, I, I just, I don't know. I, she was that good. 
she was and she was owned those person. skills because she was using them all. Yeah, you know, if you use them, yeah, yeah, old school. So I I love excerpt because you know it's a foundation at least to other paths. So it led you to education. So how did that happen? Okay, so in our senior year, we had a capstone right? Kind of like a thesis. And we had to do a lesson plan and we had to teach it to first years, the cohort that was behind us. So I loved that experience. I got really good feedback on it. And then my program director said, you should think about presenting at a conference. <clears throat> so what I did is about three months after I graduated, I took that PowerPoint that I made I submitted it to the California Society of Rad Techs, our state professional organization. And, and I was able to present at a state conference straight out of graduation. Um, and I got good feedback there. So then I said, hey, this might be something I wanted to do. So in order to be a teacher, you have to have two years certified by the University of Rad Techs and the ARP. So when I was in about year and a half certified, my program director was really good about kind of sending out email blasts to all graduates when a job opportunity was available. And so it was a one-year temporary contract at a community college that was fairly close to where I was. And she said, this is a great opportunity for anybody who's interested in teaching because it's just one year. So if it doesn't work out, right. you know, you, if you've only kind of lost a year. And so I applied for that job, but I actually didn't get it. And so my program director... And the program director that interviewed me ran into each other a few years later. And they said, oh, did you hire Kristen? And they said, no. And my program director said, you just made a huge mistake. And so based on that one recommendation, basically like the golden word of that person, they called me. They said, hey, we want to bring you on as a volunteer. Right. So we'll get you on as a volunteer. You come and hang out, watch, kind of learn about the culture of the program. I was there one day and they said, okay, you're going to teach physics and lab and music care and positioning. And wow. it was just like zero to a hundred because this is the thing about education. A lot of people retire in, right. in radiology. There's very few people that are young and fresh, vibrant and still excited. And, right. You know, so, so to have, I was 27 when I started. So to have somebody that was interested and wanted to be in the classroom, a lot of, of also one of the things about everybody wants to do the clinical piece, right? Because there's no prep and it's easy and it's the, it's kind of the easiest also because it's your job. Right. You're not. And you get out of the office and you get out of the office. You're not stuck in the office with a bunch of other folks. You know, you can kind of get out. That's my favorite. Yeah. Get me everywhere. I want to go to a different place every day of the week and I want to have a different schedule. Yeah. Because when I am like set schedule, I just get in a Yeah. So, so I was an adjunct there. I actually just left that job after nine years. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I just decided that some other things were kind of becoming higher on my priority list. And so that was the thing that I could kind of easily let go of. But I've been teaching as a full-time professor for five years. And okay. really that, that part-time adjunct is what got me this role. And this role is just the best thing I could ask for. I have a ton of autonomy. I have extremely supportive administration. My students are lovely. And, uh, 
I'm as young so. I find, because I taught for seven years and I kind of fell into it. Never, ever did I think I would be in education, but it was a good learning experience adjunct because some of my other friends are professors and they're full-time. It's a total difference from adjunct to as a full-time. Oh, I oh. went from like, I never met my dean to like, I see my dean every day. And support. There's so much more support. The port is, is totally different. And I hate to to say that, it, you know, and but that's a whole nother conversation. Oh, it's but, true. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a difference. And that's on the education part, you know, that it should be no difference when it comes to whether someone's adjunct or full time. If they're teaching, it doesn't matter about whether they're adjunct or, you know, or not. But that's that's just my spill on it, you know, and, and I'm glad you went into the full time part of it because you're obviously good at it and the students respond to it because you're right. A lot of people do retire into education. And one thing I know, I consider myself, you know, someone that I knew how good, I know how good radiology has been for me and my family. And I do everything in my power to encourage, especially young people, because many times there's so many things where our parents tell us to do this, go out, my, my family, be a nurse, be a nurse. And I was like, I want to be a nurse. I, I've seen my family be nurses. I, I just didn't want to be one. I, but I really didn't know what nurses did besides what they did bedside. And I just knew I didn't want to yeah. do that. Maybe if someone had educated me on what the different avenues nursing could be, I might have felt differently. But I was educated by my uncle, who was a director of radiology, and another friend of my mom's that was a respiratory therapist. And they really spoke so highly of their fields, radiology and respiratory, that I actually went into respiratory first. Oh, and, yeah. And then I realized that was not for me. Sure. Okay, I don't good. like spit and mucus at all. <laughs> I, so much. Yeah. I can't do it. So I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm done. Let me go over to radio. Yeah. And I made that switch and I did my education and got to talk to people. So what I try to do is talk to younger people still in high school and encourage them. Look at these opportunities you have in radiology. And I, I personally encourage them go to x-ray school and yes. from there decide. I have a few okay. that have just gone to ultrasound and, you know, which is fine. They're happy in it. But the ones that all started x-ray, they're like five years, 10 years later, two years later, they're like, oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you told my mom about this. I just feel like there's a responsibility when it comes to yes. other health professionals to really speak up for your profession. Let people yeah. see that this is a viable career. You are not going to be bored. I have seen my share of traumas. I have seen in 20 years, I have seen it all and I've done it all. I've, I've worked in research. I've, I've done things that aren't even radiology related that radiology has allowed me into, has opened doors for me into, you know? Yep. So I, I just really applaud the radiology field because I find it. Radiology people are so creative. Like you are a health, we are. health education <laughs> specialist. I'm a health coach. How did you yeah. get into that? I know your love of health yeah. and wellness. How did you get into that? So this kind of goes along with, so in radiology, as I have so many opportunities, I wanted to make sure that when I went back to do additional education, that I wasn't putting myself in one lane. So I wanted something that was broad. So I decided to go to public health because public health do everything. And the pandemic really highlighted what public health is 
specialists, public health professionals do. But the program that I chose was actually where I worked. So it allowed me to get to know my colleague as I was a student and a professor at the same time. And so it was really great in that way. And it's very research. And I love research and data. I say data is my love language. So what the MTH allowed me to do was to broaden my So now I'm not only kind of looking at radiology, because in radiology, we do kind of get stuck on the day-to-day, right? And we, we rely on the physicists and the educators to do all the research that guides us. Right. And then we just do this. Well, I don't like it. Yeah. I think that we need, we have a seat at all those tables, but we don't have the clout to yeah. say so much because we don't do the research. Right. So that's one of my biggest kind of platforms that I try to stand on is if you, you know, the shielding debacle, it right. was the physicist that said we should stop shielding. Well, right. I believe now ASRT has come out with some great guidelines, but up until that point, it was like, well, what are we, what can we say? Right. We don't do the research. So you have the proof. So then we kind of did what they said. And then we realized like, wait, this isn't going against everything we know. Right. And so so I, what I, I actually discourage people from getting their master's in radiologic sciences because it is just a very single lane. Now, unless that program also has like an advanced right. RA. But other than that, I'm always telling people like health administration, leadership studies, public health, health sciences, yes. use something else. Because the truth is, in my soul, I love radiology. Right. I absolutely love it. I value it. And I also know that my, I'm a millennial, my generation, we're expected to have five to seven careers. I know that there's going to be a day where I probably don't do it anymore. Yeah. Or physical. So I don't, or it's, it's a really physical job. So I wanted an opportunity to, to have options, to just keep expanding all the options that radiology initially created. And so that's how I kind of came to be. So I, because I was in education, I also wanted something education driven. You know, as a teacher, you're kind of thrown in and said like, okay, do it. And then especially as an adjunct, I I had very little support at it, what I was doing. And so I wanted training. I wanted pedagogy. I wanted to learn how to make a lesson plan that was effective and write smart objectives and all that. And so my MPH is in health education. And so it's all about so much clinical base, but it's about, you know, helping people achieve their own goals. And so part of the training that I received was being a health coach. And so that was a really great opportunity for me to learn about motivational interviewing. So talking to people and figuring out kind of what their goals are. And what I love about it is you're never prescribing. Right. It's never like, do this, take this. Right. It's very collaborative. And so you really are a facilitator more than anything. Right. Just kind of connecting people to resources. Right. And that's one thing, too, I learned so much about is there's just so many resources out there, but they're not well at. And so... Or, you know, like your social circumstances. If you grew up in poverty, right. you, know, you may not know about the resources that are out there. Right. You know, and they're there for a reason. So 
that's what I love about being a health educator and and getting that certification is that allows me to to do more of it, yeah. which is great. And as, yeah. as and I know you have health coach. Yeah, yeah. And as radiology professionals, it's so funny because I don't know if you do this as a as a rad tech, but when patients come in for their scans for abdominal pain or things like that, they're always like, oh, this back pain or this abdomen pain, what can I do? It's like, you know, I do some exercise. I'm always wind up talking to somebody about, I do Pilates, you know, I eat plenty of fruits and vegetables and I make sure I stay hydrated, you know, those kind of things like yeah. that. It just kind of lends itself right over. And so, yeah, I actually started health coaching with my coworkers because I, I started being vegan and I was, I had a lot of health issues, gut issues, and I was able to reverse a lot of things. And my, I would bring these smoothies to work and my coworkers was like, you should just bring some, just bring the blender. So one of my coworkers brought the blender and I would bring stuff. They would bring stuff on our 12 hour shift. We would just make these smoothies and eat healthy. And they would do a meatless day because I was vegan at the time. And I'm like, you guys should do this. Then we did this. We all did this savings plan together where you save a certain amount of money for the year. We all would do that together once a year. And then we'd also do where you eat healthy for a period of time. We're all going to eat healthy this week or eat healthy for this week. We're going to do like Chandria and eat healthy. I love that. You know, it's, I mean, in healthcare, a lot of us are very unhealthy. We work long shifts. Yes. You know, we, we, we don't eat, we eat the cafeteria food, you know, or bring in, I hate to say it, Starbucks. It's so, count- it's so counterintuitive, but how many respiratory therapists I'll see like smoke down their break? Yeah. Or... Yeah, like how many physicians are walking in with their fast food or like choosing something. Or cardiologists smoking outside. Yeah, I'm like, there's a cardiologist, dude. And there's a part of it I understand. I'm a stress eater. You you give me, if I have got stress, I'm like, it's Mexican food or like that. I'm just like, it's a lot of it. Yeah. but And I understand that side. We do a job that is so incredibly difficult and stressful. And we need things that help us feel better, right? Yeah. But what I try to do is kind of just steer people towards things that are more effective at helping us feel better, like mindfulness and meditation and working on your mental health and, you know, exercise and activity and things like that, because it's not a short-term fix. It's more of a long-term fix. And I just know, especially in my own life, when I started working on myself you know just i had identified like oh do not like this myself. and for years i was like oh, it's just how i am it's just how i am and then and then i just kind of came to this point where i was like okay i'm miserable right, right? like and the growth that i've had through just kind of exploring and a lot of self-help type yeah. but i've just become such a more balanced and healthy person i've been able to tackle things that i didn't feel like i before yeah and so i just want to share that like i just want to give that to other people whenever i can you know yeah because we see so much in the radiology field plus with our co-workers you know it's it's just we see so much but i, I do want to ask this you do something else for relief camping so my husband and i camp every year and we usually have a tent so one year okay. was my niece's last year before she got grown and moved on with her family we were going on a family camping trip and i decided we're going to do an rv this year and two of them were totally against it. And I was like, look, it's hot here in Georgia and I do not feel like swatting the flies. We usually go around fall so you don't have the flies. 
but I hang outside with flies. I just don't like flies. So I rented the RV and they they were like, who do you think was in the RV snoring away and enjoying themselves? I couldn't get them out of the RV. And they were like, oh, RV every year from here on out. The yep. two of the the two of them. So it's so funny. So when you guys yeah. camp, do you tent or do you RV? We bought a trailer this year. I am not a tent camper at all. Not it. Just my body's not anymore. I have like between seventy two and eighty six degrees. Where like I want to say at all times, body like. I'm, you know, I, I'm just, I'm very spoiled in that way. And I just, I just want to feel safe. So I've got like pretty good anxiety about everything. Yeah. And like, I went camping with my mom one year. There was a bear, like she was beating the tent. The last light is the bears ripping open all of our oh, no. outside. And I was like, yeah, never. And so we, we only do the trailer. I'm very spoiled that way. But I love it because it, first of all, like, nope. We usually don't have any place that has Wi-Fi. We don't watch TV. We don't. Our screen time is extremely limited. And I just, I read a ton. I read, like, on our last camping trip, I read a book in less than 24 hours. I Wow. It's such a good. So I love that about it. And it's all about, like, being outdoors, appreciating the little things. And we have met people at every site we go to. We meet somebody, we exchange phone numbers, we we try to plan like, hey, we're going to be here again because we all, it's kind of like a community, right? You yeah, go to is. the same places. Yeah. So, and we we do stay kind of local just because kids, we have two dogs that we right. talk That's also why I like the trailer to take the dogs with us. But it's it's so much fun. We just got into it this year. We try to go at least once a month. Oh, nice. um, just for like, just for a weekend. Yeah. You know, and it, we live very close to a lake, so sometimes it's 10 minutes down the road and we go there, or sometimes it's a couple hours down the road, but it's just, it's so much fun. could not recommend it enough, but I actually don't think, so I get the real camp feel of it. However, I like the opportunity to have a shower. Oh, Yeah. That was, see, the Camelacs we go to, they are pretty decent, I would say, on the bathrooms. I was very impressed. So, the, But the water is cold. I don't care if it's summer or that well water, that water is cold. So I am like, yeah, I like my RV shower much better. Yes. Much better. So we got I like to cook. I like oh. to have things oh. to be able okay. to. So yeah, I cook on the grill when I'm at, and I'm a, I'm a fire pit. So I, even though we have the kitchen, the only thing I did in the camper was I let them do a pizza. Other than that, I bring okay. my cast iron stuff and I like to cook out on the grill, on the fire pit. We make pancakes on the cast iron. We do the, the sausages and the bacon and we do the eggs, everything, you know, but yeah. in the RV, it was a lot easier to, to make. Stuff. It's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work. I will say that a lot of stress getting there and coming. But once we're there, it's just, it's like home, but it's not home. And it's just great. So in case anyone is wondering, we are talking about radiology still. We got off on the travel part because we both <laughs> love camping. And we have something else in common. You said you went to school for cosmetology. I wanted to. Oh, you wanted so, to? I actually went to school for cosmetology. I did you actually, really? 
Yeah, the whole time of high school, I had a hair salon. My mother changed her garage into a hair salon for me because I did hair. So after I finished oh school, gosh. I wanted me to go for nursing. And I was like, I don't want to be a nurse. So I went to school for cosmetology because I already had a full clientele. I had yeah. a book salon at home Fridays and Saturdays, and I made really good money. But then I developed carpal tunnel. So that's why I went back to school at 20 years old. I had to go back to school because I could no longer hold the curling irons because of the carpal tunnel. 20. Wow. But I had been doing hair all through high school. I think since the ninth grade, I had a full salon on Fridays and Saturdays. Well, I was not professional like that, but I did all my friends' hair, all the updates for like oh, yeah. mom and homecoming. I did everybody's hair. I dyed my hair and cut it myself from, I don't know, eighth grade till now. I, I finally got a hair, but I'm really, but I just dyed my kids' hair this week. My daughter wanted pink hair. So I oh, no. And then my son wanted some, so I gave him some. So I still love it. I'm still like very much into it. I'm just not as good as I, but yeah. So I, I looked into cosmetology school. I remember touring two of them and then I got a management opportunity at work. I was like, so I started just kind of thinking about, I was like, you know, it is a really physical job all day long. This is a good opportunity. I love the company. Maybe I'll just do this. And then if I still want to go to cosmetology school in a year, I will. And then it passed and I didn't want to do it so i yeah. just have done that path i tell you it was that's so funny we have several things in common so uh, talk to our audience and tell them how long it took you to go to x-ray school radiology school and where what advice would you have for anyone looking for a career choice maybe in the medical field yeah so it took me about a year really intense full-time overload to get all my prerequisites done to be able to apply to the program. And the program was two and a half years. So really all together, it was almost four years, but I did come out with a bachelor's. I happened to go to a bachelor's program and the, it's extremely hard. Radiology school is to this day, the hardest thing I've ever done outside of being a mom. And there are many times where I thought about quitting especially my first semester, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? I went from being a very high achieving A student to fighting for my life to get a B minus. Like it's oh. just, you learn a new language, you learn a new field, everything you really, and so my program is a lot like yours. In the first year, we did everything a regular x-ray program does. And then in the second year, we did all those other modalities. And so that program wasn't like that. I created that. You just did it. (laughs) Good for you. I wouldn't have done it. After that, I heard you can't do it anymore. But I kept my lips zipped and I just did my own thing. Yeah. I mean, sure. Whatever works. Right. But it it was really difficult. It's a pretty perspective. You know, in California, we actually have a law that says you have to do 1,850 hours. Nationally, it's not based on hours anymore. It's based on competency because we've realized that a number of hours is not equitable. It's yeah. equal and it's not equitable. Right. And so, so most programs are about 2,000 hours. Right. A nursing program in perspective is about 700, sometimes 1,000. Really? And so nursing is much more classroom heavy. It's a lot of memorization, a lot of understanding processes, but there's not a ton of skills that you have to learn catheterization, 
and starting an IV and how to push medications, but there's not a wound care to some degree set of skills. It, it's a lot more understanding law and charting, documentation, all that. Whereas radiology is extremely skilled. And so we, it's a practice make perfect. Right. We need to do a lot of time to really build up. And so that was really difficult for me. I also worked two jobs within my program. I was a server and then I was a student assistant. For the- Let me tell you, I did not have a social life. I did not have friends. And I was already living with my now husband and we had a dog. You know, like, a, I'm not even kidding, like a kid. That's uh, the best dog I've ever had in my entire life. I will always talk about it. He's like, one now, but he was the most amazing thing. But my life was really different. I was more mature in my classmates. I was older than them. And and I had bills to pay. I put this right. college. I did loans. And so it was really important to me to prioritize. So the things that if somebody's going into this now, my best advice is build up your grit. So Angela Duckler kind of coined the term grit. And it's a combination of drive and resilience. Mm-hmm. So your eye is keeping your eyes on the bigger picture and making sure that you're getting what you want and you're willing to put it, right? right. Anything worth having. is good. And then resilience is being able to bounce back and knowing that you're going to mess up, you're going to fail and figuring out that over. So the biggest thing is just stick with it. Absolutely stick with it. Know that thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands have gone before you and have done the same thing that you're doing and finished it and are now on the other side of it. So talk to technologists and talk to people that are on the other side of it, commit to it, and then just put the work in. And so what I always did, I had to had to work to pay bills. Right. I went to school in LA. It was really expensive. Our rent was astronomical. And so I had to work, but that job at the time was not my Right. So whenever school asked me to do this, or if my clinical changed, you know, we had a very clinical time, it would always be me telling my serving job, I can't do that. School takes practice. Right. That's a hard thing to do yeah. because I needed that. Job. But I had a good relationship with my supervisor and my coworkers. It was in a college town. So a lot of us were college students willing to help each other out. But it's also, you know what? things I love about radiology too is it's very diverse. It's diverse in gender, it's diverse in ethnicity, it's diverse in socioeconomic status. And I love that because I get to work with all types of different types of people. It's not female heavy or male heavy. You know, nursing is still very female heavy. And so to be a male in that environment, have some level of imposter syndrome or feeling kind of like you can't relate or things like that. And that's what I found in radiology is it just never was for me. I always felt like everybody was just as important as the next person. It's a very independent job. So you have a ton of autonomy. You take the pictures. You're responsible for those pictures. You're the one that decides radiology. Yeah. However, and I like that. Yeah. Very like, I want to be, I want to do my and I want to be responsible for my thing and all that. However, it's also there's so many things that you can't do on your own. And I always wanted to be the person that was willing to help out because right. in the event that I need to ask for help, I wanted to know that I had deposited into that bank account. Right. 
emotional bank account with that person. So just the other advice is know that there is an independence and a codependence to it. And you really have to be able to balance the two. And then setting up your support system in a way that is going to serve you. So my program director at the orientation, she said, very blunt, very blunt. I love her very blunt. She said, this program causes divorce. If you oh, are wow. not in a strong relationship, you get out of it right now. It will no, no doubt it will end. You're going to be pushed to the ends of your stress level. And I can totally see how radiologist does that because it takes over. You're, you're in school and clinical 40 hours a week. Then you have 20 to 30 hours of studying and contact and homework and all of that. And so if you don't have somebody that understands, not only understands it, but supports it, it's really hard. It just makes it so much harder on everyone. That's so funny because I decided to get married my second year of x-ray school. <laughs> that was stressful. Right. Was that smart or not? <laughs> But yes. I was very trying to be a new wife, second year. Uh, fortunately, I had gotten all my exams out of the way. But now that you say that, it's so funny because my husband was there doing during the radiation biology time. And that was the hardest class ever. Outside of the MRI registry, radiation biology, I really thought was going to take me out of the program. I took so much oh. ginkgo. I, I think it was chocolate. Like, oh, it was like it was chocolate, girl. I'm <laughs> telling you, because I was like, I just got to memorize this stuff. And he had flashcards. Yeah. He would do the flashcards every night because I had to do an hour of study every night. I studied one hour every day after school. That was just my thing. I'm like, if I just put it, I'm going to have faith that it's in here. And when the time for it to come out, it's going to Yeah. Yeah. Being structured like that and scheduling is the biggest thing. I spend the whole first week with a new cohort teaching them how to be a student. We don't, we are not taught how to study. We're not taught how to be a student. And so I spend, even though they've finished requisites, they've most likely been in college for two years, you have to learn how to be a student, how to study. And so I spend almost the entire week, first of all, establishing relief. Right. So we get to know each other. I want to make sure that I'm a source of support for them. I want to make sure they're a source of support. And so we spend that whole time just getting to know each other and then practicing like how to study. This is probably what you've been doing all this time. And now this, these are the changes that you're going to have to make to be successful. We talk about work-life balance. So finding something that you like every week in small doses. Right. But the nice thing about like a study group, a good study group, is it's social and it's fun and it's also serving you and your. So historically, students always do better when they're in study groups. And what happens is because you're friends, you go to cake, right? You go get pizza and go bowling. And then automatically, because you're all passionate, you're all in radiology school, you all love what you're doing, you're going to end up talking about KBP. Right. And then everybody is going to have a way of describing it. Say you work in a group of four or five people, every person will describe it a little bit. So every time they say it, it's it's kind of like a staircase and committing something from short-term memory to long-term memory is quite a staircase. Every time you hear it, or you revisit it, you read it again, you hear about it, that is climbing one stair up to the long. That's that's how we get things right. when we're in it. So 
that's what I try to tell people is just like invest in those bonds. I still friends with people from my program. I'm still friends with technologists I trained under. My students go to a new site. They're like, oh, so-and-so was there. And she said that she worked with you here and blah, blah, blah. It's just such a small community in radiology. Right. That very small. No everybody knows everybody. Yeah, everybody all over nationally even knows each other. So I want to, this has been such a good conversation. You, we've talked about how you started, where it's led to, the different pathways it's led to, a little bit of travel, some health and wellness as well. Tell us how, if you could summarize, how has radiology changed your life? Oh my God. It gave me passion. It gives me joy. It gives me something that makes me feel productive. And it, I, I know when I go to bed every night, I made a difference. I made a difference in a patient's life, in a student's life, a person's life, or even just the doing stuff like this. I shared this story. I did like a, a career fair for a high school the other day. Oh. And, you know, even just in a chat, they're saying, oh, I just, I didn't even know this existed. And I didn't know that that was a thing. And it has given me so much joy in knowing that I'm making a difference and that it provides for my family. I have stable income. I'm happy. I have disposable income to choose how I distribute. And, you know, honestly, especially today's economy, like, it's not super common and it's never going away. Right. Job security. It's never, ever going away. It's only getting bigger. Yeah. And it's so many advances for our radiology. You guys stay tuned. We have more for Let's Chit Chat Wellness and Travel. This has been an exciting episode with Kristen. I hope you come back because I want to talk more about where you see the radiology diagnostic field advancing to. And really kind of giving people like a visual of the day-to-day things and x-ray. Because I think encouraging more people to take the route of radiologic sciences through the diagnostic path versus just looking at, oh, I'm just going to go. I already have a bachelor, so I'm just going to go to MRI. Nothing wrong with it. But you miss out on so much more. And it strengthens your skills and your abilities in the bill and gives you more options. Because the way I look at it, if I had to get a pacemaker today... I still will have a job at imaging because I can go do memo. I can go do x-ray. I can go do CT. I'm not stuck at just one. And now, oops, I'm out of work. I can't work anymore. You know, it's just, it gives you options. And I do believe that that is the beauty of radiology. When I was talking, it was actually a male nursing student that was shadowing me yesterday. And he was like, I never knew radiology did that much. I just literally thought you guys took x-rays and I got a CAT scan once. I didn't even know that was radiology. And this is why, you know, we have radiology podcasts going on from different other rad techs because we're trying to expose people to what we do. Imaging is so large. We are the third largest medical profession in the nation. And in 2023, we are going to be doing more to bring you the ins and outs of radiologic sciences. So you you do know that we are pivotal in your healthcare and podcasts like this and having guests like Kristen really talking about radiology and helping the younger generation and those everyone else to understand how important radiologic technologists are and who we are. And we do make a difference in healthcare. So thank you for joining us today, Krista. And it has been a pleasure. And be sure you guys to check out the description. You're going to find links in there where you can follow Kristen, learn more of what she does as an educator and more about radiology. And you can also get some of the free resources that we have in the description there. We have all our links there. And please leave us a review. Let us know 
if we gave you five-star podcast information today and if we kept you entertained. And be sure to hit the notification and subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode of Let's Chit Chat Wellness and Travel. Thank you again. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. This is just one of the many free resources I offer to my clients to dump unhealthy habits and begin living. Be sure to visit my website for more free resources and health coaching. Again, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with others so they can join the Let's Chit Chat podcast. Have a great day, you guys. See you next episode.